Hey, welcome. My name is Glenn Lundy. Super excited to be launching our new Breakfast with Champions podcast. Can you believe it? That's right. The Breakfast with Champions podcast has finally arrived. This is your opportunity to get motivation, education, and inspiration every single day. And ultimately, your opportunity to get a seat at the table, to be a fly on the wall, to listen in to some conversations between some of the most amazing superhumans from around the planet. We're talking about people that are doing the things you know you can do, that have reached some of those levels you know you can reach. We've got celebrity interviews with people like Tiffany Haddish and Grant Cardone, Lauren Rittiger. We've got specialists in areas like Capital Ventures, right? Or wealth building, wealth management, real estate, all kinds of incredible conversations. And what's amazing about the Breakfast with Champions podcast is you're going to be able to tune in, listen in. They won't even know you're there, right? It's just like you're, you're, you're listening in on all these incredible secrets of some of the most successful humans from all around the world. You know, when we launched Breakfast with Champions, we had no idea of the power that it was gonna have. We had no idea of the collaborations it would create. We had no idea that we'd be able to connect humans from England and Australia and Saigon and America, of course, all together in one room having powerful conversations that elevate everyone in the experience. Listen, if you like these episodes of Breakfast with Champions, do me a huge favor and let us know. We would greatly appreciate it. We pour into this. You're going to get five to six hours of content every single day, Monday through Friday, five days a week. You can keep coming back. So make sure you subscribe to the podcast. We'd appreciate it. Drop your comments, share your thoughts and your reviews. It mean the world to us if you would do that. And in exchange, we promise you that we will always create a space, a safe space where you can come. You're not going to get politics here. It's not going to happen. You'll never see any type of division in here. It's actually exactly the opposite. We have a bunch of different people with different belief systems, different upbringing, different backgrounds. We've got people from all different ethnicities all coming together. But the one thing that we share is everyone in this room shares the same heart. And it is a heart to elevate you, to encourage you, to inspire you, and to help you become the absolute best version of yourself that you can possibly be. So if you would, do us a favor, write those reviews, subscribe to the podcast, tell your friends. We're going to be here, and we hope that you will be too. Enjoy Breakfast with Champions. You'll see there in the notes that you can skip forward. You can move back. If you need to pause it for a minute, you'll now have that opportunity to do so. We do record these daily on Clubhouse. We have a Breakfast with Champions Club there, or you can follow me, Glenn Lundy, if you'd like to see those rooms, if that's an app that you enjoy. You can always come in and tune in live, or of course, just sit back and enjoy right here on the podcast and anywhere your podcast can be found. It is such an honor and a privilege to be able to spend this time with you. I know that there are a trillion places you could have chose to be. You chose to be right here with us on Breakfast with Champions, and that means the world to me, and I absolutely stinking love you for it. So with that said, we are excited to launch the new Breakfast with Champions podcast. Thanks so much. Excited about today. So um, have a couple of areas I want us to kind of analyze. I know we're talking about 
your family being in financial danger unless you dot, dot, dot. But I want to start with kind of like a health check-in for today. By the way, this is Breakfast with Champions, the number one show on all of Clubhouse, going live daily at 5 a.m. to 11 a.m. So thank you, everyone, for tuning in. We can't do this show without you. So I want to start with today, health, like, and how this ties into your performance, whether it's financially and business, um, and really just like, what are your standards as it pertains to health? And are you meeting your personal standards? So I want to start with a question that we all can ask ourselves. And that question is this. What would the best version of you in life and business be doing in the morning, during the day, and during evenings to optimize your health? What would the best version of you be doing in the morning, in the day, and in the evenings to optimize your health? Like if you were to time travel and see a perfectly depicted picture of the best version of yourself. If you're a guy, maybe that's a six pack, okay? If you're, uh, you know, a not a guy, you're thinking, you know, I don't know. What, I don't know what you're thinking. Whatever, a like just close your eyes for a second and just picture what, what does your ideal health scene look like in your mind's eye? What would you look like if it was the best version of yourself? Would you be eating the foods that you're currently eating? Would you need to change what you're currently eating? How often would you be exercising? How would you be managing your days? Like how serious would every one hour chunk of your day be? Can I get an unmute and a yes that you guys are still with me on this? Oh, I'm with yes, you. Yes, yes. Okay. What would, what would that person be doing? Right? So I want to kind of bulletize like a bullet, bulleted list of some, some of the most important things I know that I found in optimizing my health at the tippy top of the list. I'll kind of go through like some categories here, but like at the very top of the list, if there is one thing to focus on above all else, it's what you are putting into your body. Like that's it. You know, it's interesting when it comes to nutrition, it's like you could go work out like a crazy maniac and then you could just screw it up with one unconscious meal. I get an unmute and a yes that you know what I'm talking about. Like you could just overeat once and throw Ooh, absolutely, all your calories. Yes, yes, absolutely. So that's it's actually the temptation of overeating or eating the wrong foods that is what throws most people off when it comes to their body fat or um, their levels of energy throughout the day. So I'll give you a quick example. I know for me, I've done so much 
testing around what foods, I mean, years of testing as to like what foods work best for me to have sustained energy um, and vitality throughout the day. And I remember there was a phase of my life where I was actually eating healthy stuff, but I was eating it in such quantities that it was making me gain weight. And I gained like 20 pounds of body fat, even though I was eating healthy stuff. And so I tested out all these different things. And ultimately, I stumbled on the most simple discovery ever, which is just eating whole foods. Like whole foods is like brown rice, vegetables, chicken, if you, if you eat meat or like high protein vegetables, if you don't eat meat. And I, and I just stumbled on like, wow, my, my energy is so sustainable. Like yesterday I probably worked from 8am until 8pm and at 7.59pm I felt more energy than I did at 8am. No dips, no need for a nap throughout the day, just straight energy throughout, you know, a 12 hour straight work day. And so I just want to invite everyone to really critically think, how is what you're putting in your tummy restricting or empowering your levels of energy throughout the day? Because it has a way bigger impact than you could imagine. The second category has to do with hydration. Like we have to make hydration so easy. Um, like. That's why I have bottles in every office, in my office and uh, in, my, in my business office and then at my home office and on different counters. I have like water bottles everywhere, constant water bottles everywhere. I probably drink a gallon and a half plus per day because that's the energy demands that are required for the size of goals that I've set, right? So... I want to just like share that, those two like things. That movie, signs. What's like that? that movie. It's like that movie, Signs. Remember <laughs> that movie, Bill? Yeah. There's like half drinking, three quarters drinking water, water cups and water bottles all over the place. That's what, yeah, that's I mean, what, what, like. what do you that's do for like this, my Glenn? House. That's what it's like in my house. Dude. Same same way. We've got, I mean, there's water everywhere. Cups, cups of water everywhere, bro. I only caught that part of it. I just popped in like two minutes ago. What were you saying before that? Yeah, I mean, well, I was just talking about the importance of instead of instead of um, you know eating foods that are potentially healthy, like anything packaged that is perceived as healthy, um, which there's countless stuff. There's Nutri-Grain bars. There's like you know all the nutritional nutritionally sound bars that are processed, I was talking about the importance of replacing those with straight up whole foods, like, like traditional veggies and a meat. Um, and I was curious for you, like, what, what are your, like, what are your diet pillars around whole foods? Well, luckily for me, uh, luckily for me, my, my wife, that's like totally, or jam, right? So around the house, we always have. She's she's always chopping up like lots of fruits and making sure that we have plenty of fruit 
that is just easily accessible to snack on. So instead of grabbing a piece of candy, you can grab, you know, some pineapple, grab some grapes that she's always got laying around. She's always got strawberries kind of diced up. And then she's got her garden, too. So out there in the garden, she brings in, you know, fresh tomatoes. Um, she's got uh, corn that she's growing, some fresh organic corn that she's growing out there in the garden. We have chickens, bro, if you can believe it. We got a dozen chickens. So we get our eggs uh, straight that way. So, yeah, my, my wife really leads the charge. And the key is she just has, it's just laying around. Like, it's always right there it's visible it's in plain sight and it makes it an easier choice and when it's an easier choice you know we tend to do the things that are easier for us so that's that's been the the key for us around here now we're not perfect you know we still have some diet diet issues but we, we get better every day mm, i love that i love that so um so i mean you're it's really interesting and you know glenn is one of the most positive people i know I know a lot of other very hyper positive people and I'm, I'm pretty sure I haven't met someone that was like maniac level positive, like Glenn and myself that what that was not putting great stuff in their body. It's it. I, I'm really trying to think right now of someone I've met that is sustainably overly abundant in positivity that is putting trash in their body. I get an unmute and a yes that you understand the importance of this. Yes. yes. Absolutely. Yes. 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 So like as a tactical takeaway from this, like maybe write down or make a note in the notes of your phone real quick. What do I need to stop eating? And then what is that going to open me up to start eating more of? What am I going to stop eating? And then what is that going to open me up? to start eating more of. And then the third question would be, am I drinking enough water throughout the day? If not, how am I gonna make water more accessible? Okay. And then another quick question I have here, okay, is, are you being conscious when you're eating? Like, are you act like when you're eating, are you actually eating? Like, like, are you there with the food or are you, is your mind somewhere else? Cause most of our eating is actually unconscious. We, we view eating as more of a mindless necessity. Most people do. Some people really appreciate food, but if you learn to appreciate healthier food, right, then it's easier to eat healthier food. And always think of the second and third order consequences. Like whenever you're making a decision around what you're about to do, like I'm about to eat this burger, I'm about to eat this thing, the people who are the least healthy, they think of the first order consequence, which is first order is this is going to taste good right now. Second and third order consequence is how am I going to feel in two hours after I eat this burger? That's a second order consequence. Then a third order consequence is once this burger digests through my body and turns into energy for my body, 
what is that going to do to me tomorrow? How's that going to make me feel tomorrow? Right? This is why, you know, I, I went to a wedding this past weekend and everyone stares at me like I'm crazy because I have clear cut times as to when I must be home by to stay on my sleep schedule and clear guidelines around like the fact that I just won't drink more than one glass of an alcoholic drink. I just, I just won't. And all these people are going crazy at this wedding I'm at. And my timer went off at 930. I said, gotta go, gotta go home right now. Oh my God. No, no, no. These are my requirements. Like I'm not going to break my requirements for this. So I was the first person to leave and I had already communicated this in advance. So it wasn't like weird, but who cares if it was weird? They're my standards, right? So I just invite everyone to be more ruthless with your diet standards, right? All right. So I just wanted to get that off, off the chest because, uh, you can literally revolutionize every area of your life by revolutionizing what you put in your stomach. And if you believe you need sugar to get energy, you'll get that. Like you're just going to attract yourself to eating little fruit snacks throughout the day, convincing yourself that that's what I need in order to feel energetic throughout the day. If you believe that sugar is empty calories and gives you a temporary blip of energy, it doesn't even really give you a temporary blip of energy when you eat sugary stuff. It just makes you feel good for a second when you're eating it. Like the whole sugar high thing, they've done studies on it. It's, there's almost no actual sugar high. It's really just you feeling good from the initial taste, which then triggers your body to have a false sugar high. Now, the only time that sugar highs actually work is if you're doing like extreme sprinting or like physical exertion, then yes, the sugar that you ate will be actually turned into a higher level of energy for a few minutes. But what most people refer to as sugar high is not, is not, it's not actually real in the way that you're thinking it's real. So it's actually more of a sugar low. The percentage of time you spend in a low state after eating a lot of sugar is way higher than the percentage of time you spend with an energy uptick. Not to men mention sugar is empty calories. There's no nutritional value to sugar unless that sugar is consumed through fiber like fruit, right? So just quick little reminders there for everyone. I know, uh, we, I know we have a very motivated crew here at Breakfast with Champions, but um, I know this has been a secret for me is, um, I'm able to work 12 to 16 hour days when I need to with no dips throughout the day because I'm always thinking of the second, third plus consequences of every single thing that goes in my body. Um, and there's a, there's a huge long tail ROI on that um, that all of you can use to tackle your goals in 2022. All right, so let's go to the next phase, which uh, I'm most excited about, which is your family is in financial danger. See, what I usually do when I do these uh, Breakfast of Champions is I, I 
see like first of all the title of these rooms are always like the best on all clubhouse so what i do is i log thank in you, thank you appreciate that yeah bill. i mean you, you're you. you're a pro copywriter pro copywriter <laughs> and just so you know bill every time i do a title on wednesday i think about you i'm like so I think about Sean Shapiro, and then I think about, like, you know, different moderators, but I'm like, okay, where's Bill? Like, I try to guess, where's Bill going to take this? And then I pop in here to see if I was right or not. So I'm excited to see what you have to say. Yeah, yeah. So when I logged in the clubhouse this morning, I was like, financial danger in less you. And I was like, dang, this is so good right now. Um, so obviously – we all like the first thought that I had was I'm, I'm pretty sure it's not a secret that we all know that consumer sentiment is the lowest it's been in, you know, over a decade. Um, and that, you know, it, it, it appears as though we're going into a recession. Everyone's yapping, yapping, yapping about recession, recession, recession. Right. And so there, there was a couple ideas I had around your family's in financial danger unless you. Unless you, the first unless you that came to my mind is unless you reinvest in yourself and your business like a maniac. I know Brian Benstock has been adamant about the concept of the, the, the whole thing, like you got to work twice as hard to get half the result when times get tough, right? And that is such an important concept right now is if there was any time to invest in yourself or your business, it's right now because most people contract, right? So there's this, um, there's the, uh, chapter 11 of the book, double, double, um, which is a book from my coach, Cameron Harold. He talks about how do the opposite of everything your emotions say when, uh, when times get tough. So if your emotion says, uh, I got to pay people less on my team to save money, or I got to lay people off, maybe you should hire more people or pay your current team more. So I'm not just talking about this stuff. Like yesterday I gave raises to 20 people on my 50 person team yesterday for no reason, just gave them raises. Like, why? Well, that's doing the opposite, right? That is investing in my business, my team, myself. I am investing when other people are contracting, right? Another example, um, Emily, who runs our marketing, yesterday, we're running this event in two weeks. It's going to be like a one-day event. And Emily asked me, how much did I want the budget to be uh, for the event? And she was thinking, well, we should maybe save some money because, you know, we don't know what's going to happen with the recession. I was like, heck no, we're going to spend $50,000 a week promoting this event with the two weeks we have for it. She's like, what? I was like, absolutely. No one else is going to be spending any money on ads right now. Like all of our competitors are thinking, how can I, how can I increase my profit margins right now for when it gets cold? For when it gets dark and cold. I'm like, all right, let's do the opposite. Let's, let's, let's spend more per week in these upcoming two weeks than what our competitors would do, right? Now, think about like the outcome of these actions, right? So the first action is like giving your team raises. Like just 
paying people more money is like the ultimate sign of confidence in them. It's the ultimate sign of confidence in the future. So, I mean, highly recommend that if you have a team or if you work with freelancers, um, that you just pay them more money, right? And you're gonna feel good about it too. And here's the beautiful thing, when you pay people more money, you can ask more of them. You can be harder on them. You can set higher standards and not feel bad about it, right? So that, that's one outcome of doing that investment uh, thing. The second thing would be an example of what I said on marketing. Why would you spend more on marketing? Very simple. As people pull back, see this happened during COVID. A lot of people never like read articles on this, but the cost per click on Facebook, on Facebook ads basically cut in half in a matter of, you know, a month after COVID hit because advertisers pulled back. So you're getting discounted attention like none, like no other time in history, like when people pull back, you're getting discounted attention on your marketing. So it is like literally precisely the time to spend more on your marketing. If you can't spend money on marketing, it is precisely the time to make more videos online, YouTube videos, you know, um, you know, social media videos. Why? Because statistically the easiest time to build a brand is when fear is high. It's not when times are good, it's when fear is high. So there are so many people that blew up, blew up. I mean, if you look at the stats on this on YouTube, it is insane. All of the statistics on YouTube personalities, like people who have big YouTube followings, everything changed right after COVID. People were at home, people were scared, people were more open to information to find ways to strategize around their current situations and literal brands were made overnight overnight because some people were quadrupling down on their content putting out content putting out videos constantly putting out videos while other people were worried about their current situation and everyone who did that blew up that I saw literally every single person. Like there's this guy, JJ, the CPA that um, I met through COVID. I think he built like 100,000 followers or 100,000 subscribers on YouTube in, I don't know, three or four months right after COVID hit. It's unheard of from zero to 100,000 subscribers on YouTube in a few months unheard of and it's just because as soon as you know COVID hit he went okay what's what's the talk of the town right now for business owners okay it's PPP it's the PPP loans it's the EIDL loans it's uh, so he literally thought like like his target consumer he just put out so much content and went viral okay this same thing happens in niche brands. Like we, as you guys know, we do a lot of coaching for lawyers. There are so many immigration lawyers who went viral when immigration reform was like the talk of the town. Fear was high 
in the immig in the immigrant, you know, uh, niche quote, right? And immigration lawyers who embraced that went viral. So my point in saying this is that the the more uncertain things get, the bigger your chance to explode your brand. Because under every marketing initiative is one word. Under every sales and marketing initiative ever in history, there's one word that drives all sales and marketing. And it begins with a U. Uncertainty. Why doesn't someone buy a product or service? Uncertainty. Why do people watch YouTube videos? Uncertainty. Why do people unconsciously scroll through Instagram? Uncertainty. I'm uncertain about what to do. I'm uncertain about the direction of my life. I'm uncertain about making a buying decision. I'm uncertain about something. So the more you can solve uncertainty by exploding your personal brand, like even lifestyle brands, like even lifestyle entrepreneurs who like do the whole vlog style where they just film their daily life, a day in the life of a CEO, a day in the life of blah, 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 blah. That also solves uncertainty. Like people just want to see other people's lives so that they can compare their life to it and feel less uncertain about their current situation. So we've just hit on three separate areas. Can you pay people more money? Can you add more people to your team? Can you spend more money on marketing? And if you don't have the money, can you spend more time on marketing by putting out more content? Do the exact opposite of what your animal impulse is. Okay, what is the exact opposite? Another example, okay, would be, um, okay, I'm gonna just double down on my strengths. You know, I'm, just, I'm gonna go into this little cubby hole, I'm just gonna do what I'm strong at. Okay, that's what everyone else is gonna do when things get tough. They're not gonna go try new things or go pioneer or invent new products or services. So maybe it's time for you to actually break out of your comfort zone and do things that don't come naturally to you so you can expand your skill set. Right? Literally, just don't trust your gut reaction to anything when fear is high. And you will exponentially grow in your life. That same thing applies to the prior conversation that we had about diet, nutrition, exercise. Okay, it's not fun to eat asparagus and chicken in the moment. Okay, do the opposite, make it fun. Start smiling when you eat asparagus and chicken. <laughs> Woohoo, asparagus and chicken. So excited. All right, just do the opposite. Okay, so that is, uh, those were some categories of doing the opposite. Okay, the next thing. I want to hit on around navigating against financial danger is this set money based goals. 
It's another example of doing the opposite. Everyone's so hush-hush about setting financial goals. Everyone ties to big purpose. I call it the Silicon Valley mission statement lie. It's a recruiting thing, okay? When you, when you see some of these big tech companies say that, oh, here's our mission, but uh, sorry, they wouldn't have this big mission if they were bankrupt. True or false, just let me know, like, what, what, true or false, would they have this big mission? Of course not. No. If they were bankrupt. No, nope, nope, right? No. Nope. Of course they wouldn't. They don't say that, they, you know, in their mission statement, we have to make money. They say we have to help X. But you can't help X if you're bankrupt. So, again, like, do the opposite here. Set money-based goals. If you are a good person, stop criticizing yourself about this. Stop, like, stop being hush-hush about it. And, and by the way, as you get better as an entrepreneur, your team is going to make more money as you make more money. Duh. You're going to pay people more. They're going to get more bonuses. Right? So set clear financial targets. Do not gamble. And even an annual goal doesn't work. It's not enough to have a 12-month goal. It's not enough to have a six-month goal. It's not enough to have a quarterly goal. We need this down to the, to the month and down to the week. So take your annual goal, divide it by 12 months, and then divide that by 30 days per month. Let's have a daily financial. How much money do you need to be making per day to reach your annual goal? So again, like, if you get what you pay attention to, True or false? Can I get an unmute and a true or a false? True. Absolute. True that. True. 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 True that. True. True that. Yeah. So focus. So focus on money. And here's the thing: if you're if you're a complete fraud ripoff, the market's gonna adjust you anyway out of the market. If you know for sure you're a good person. And that you're going to over deliver on the money that you receive. What do you have to worry about? Like the inability to set goals around money really shows me more about your lack of faith in yourself to do good stuff with that money than it does about the money goal itself. Why don't you have confidence in yourself to over deliver? Why don't you have confidence that if you had double, triple, quadruple, five times the clients, why don't you have confidence in yourself that you would over-deliver? So we got to fix that. Okay, they've done studies on this. I've said this like a few times. The most confident people on planet Earth, they have a phrase, a specific phrase that goes through their head in multiple variations and that phrase is this i'll figure it out 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 i got this i'll figure it out it's this conf it's this confidence that when i make an investment in my future like i'll figure it out i'm good i'm rock solid i'm good i'll figure it out Right? We saw Kobe say this when he left the game. Everyone's like, oh, my God, Kobe, you're going to be so depressed when you leave the game of basketball. 
and he's just like laughing at everyone and one day he's just like gave up he's like you know what i just started going along with it yeah you know i get it i get it he's like i don't i don't feel i i just don't that's not an emotion he said that's not an emotion in my emotional buffet i don't like the the emotion of feeling down for myself doesn't exist in kobe bryant's head he just doesn't allow that emotion I actually also have a list of non-allowable emotions. Like I don't allow myself to feel overwhelmed. I don't, it's not an available emotion for Bill Hauser. I don't tolerate the feeling of overwhelm, right? So what are your non-tolerated emotions? Not tolerating an emotion, like Ray Dalio said this best, is literally just tying an action to the emotion. It's impossible to feel a negative emotion if you're taking action. So I'll give you guys an example on this. I, I, I have a lot of my coaches right now, as we're scaling from 20 to 100 million in revenue, all of my coaches right now are telling me that I need to hire a seasoned executive team. People who have been there, done that with, you know, comp- who have already ran 100 million plus dollar companies. And then I have to sell them on joining my company, right? So I've had this anxiety around this a few times and I just stopped and said, nope, not gonna tolerate that. I'm putting out job descriptions for my $100 million VP of agency services, my $100 million uh, director of, uh, my VP of my uh, coaching department, someone who's run a multinational coaching business that we're gonna try and poach, who's just gonna, they're gonna build the whole coaching department and have, you know, scale it to 2000 members. Like, and, so the so I, it's impossible for me to feel anxiety around the experience of my leadership team if I'm in action posting job descriptions for my hundred million dollar leadership team. It's impossible for I don't feel overwhelmed. I posted all the job descriptions yesterday. Done next. This is why procrastination priority is like one of the key concepts around how you can prioritize your life, your priorities, your days. Anything you are anxious about or uncertain about, we're talking about financial danger, right? Anything that you are anxious about lacks a to-do list item next to it. The most successful people on planet Earth take what they're worried about and turn it into their agenda. Can I get an unmute and a yes that you understand that? Yes, absolutely. Yes. Let me get some more yes. yeses. Come on, come yes, on, come yes, on. Let's yes, pick up the yes, Let's yes, go, let's yes, go, let's yes, go. Yes, 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 yes. yes. Yeah. Literally, literally create a list. I am worried about X. I am worried about Y. I'm worried about Z. And then they put an arrow next to it. And they create an agenda list of, okay, since I'm worried about this, here's the solution. Since I'm worried about this, here's the first step solution. We're not looking for the Mona Lisa here. We're not looking for, oh, well, this big, big idea I have around a solution to this. No, 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 no. Out the door in 24 hours, done, next. Like if there is one skill that I have leveraged to grow our business so quickly, it is the done next mentality. 24 hour deadlines on everything. Right? So yesterday, I'll give you an example on this. 
I'm, I'm hitting on, I'm hitting on this, this mindset around not tolerating financial danger from a lot of areas. So I want to keep going deeper into this so that we can see it from different angles, right? We're talking about not tolerating, not tolerating negative emotions and turning negative emotions and whatever we're worried about into agenda items. An example from yesterday, we're going through, we just hired this new project manager on our team and he, you know, super talented. And he's like, you know, I want to build this new elaborate system on how we build websites for clients and blah, blah, blah. And all I asked him was one question in the meeting. I said, that long-term plan sounds awesome. I, I'm super excited that we're going to start working on that long-term plan. What can we do in 24 hours from this long-term plan that's going to have an immediate impact on the clients who are already paying us money to be clients of ours? Right? Ah, interesting. Well, this one part of our website design mock-up process is inefficient and we could just make one change to that process and improve customer satisfaction across the board. Great, let's do that. 24 hours, go. Momentum creates momentum. Like, you're not looking for Mona Lisa in anything. I'll give you another example about this. Um, oh, okay, well, this is a whole different concept that unless you're your family's in financial danger unless you focus. Can everyone unmute and say focus? Focus. Focus. Say it like you mean focus. it. Focus. 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 All right. Mike. Dang, that was good. That was good. That was like opera from Glenn right there. So focus. Okay. So I want to talk about opportunity costs. I get emails every week from clients of mine and people who watch our stuff. I have this big business idea. And almost always the big business idea is a distraction from their core business. It's almost always like, I want to reinvent this big blah, 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 blah. Okay. You don't reinvent anything without momentum. And a plan doesn't reinvent anything. So like this person goes, I, I want to reinvent this entire industry around X, Y, or Z. And I listened and I listened and I listened. And I said, what's the opportunity cost of you spending all this time on this new idea when you're already running an X, you know, X hundred thousand dollar a year business right now that you could make five optimizations to bring your take home income from 400 K to 1.5 million a year and actually have some money to invest in this big idea that you have. What do you think the person said? Person was like, you're right. What was I thinking? I need more money. Right? So oftentimes because we're unwilling to solve the problems that are right in front of us. We look externally. We go, oh, I have this big new idea over here. What about this big idea? I'm going to reinvent this. 9.9 .9 times out of 10, that is a distraction. So I need everyone to be monomaniacal right now. Monomaniacal, obsessed about the current thing you're doing. 
Stop with all these crazy ideas. Focus in on what you're already doing and make another million from it. Make another 5 million from it. Make another 10 million from it. There is no competition for focus. Okay. Add a zero, Bill. Yeah, yeah. Add two zero. Add a zero season. Yeah. Add add a zero hero.com. Go buy that. We'll start a business today. Okay. So I had all the, I'll give you guys an example on this. The stuff, crazy stuff that goes through my head. This uh, on Sundays, I plan for my upcoming week. Does anyone here think that I could roll out an agency owner coaching program? and be extremely successful with it, teaching how we scaled our digital marketing agency. Yes or no? Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. I would think so, yes. Mm-hmm. Right? Here's how we went from zero to 20 million in four and a half years. That would be my pitch. How we built the largest virtual event series in an industry, how we built a brand, how we interviewed all these thought leaders, how we flooded our agency with leads, how we built a leadership team around our agency, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, I could probably, in one year, I could scale up an agency coaching business because I already did it in lawyers. I could scale it up to $6 million a year in one year. Just autopilot, passive, you know, recurring revenue. Still, I'm not going to do it, though, because it's a distraction. I could do another one on how to hold virtual events. And I could, I could make another $6 million stream on just coaching people on how to run big virtual events like we do. Still saying no to that. This has nothing to do with me, guys. Like, I don't need any rounds of applause or anything for this stuff. I'm only saying this from the perspective of showing you the things I'm saying no to inherently because of what I have committed to for my number one focus, which is SMBT, my company. Now, what most talented entrepreneurs do have some success is they branch themselves out and they go, well, I could start a business around this. I could start a business around this. And I could do that. And I could do that. And then none of those businesses end up having enterprise value because it's so fragmented. And then the, the mothership business never ends up doing anything. But what about Richard Branson? You know, he, he built Virgin. No, no, no. He was a maniacally obsessed about the first iteration of Virgin and then got the money to then create franchise CEOs for his other entities that he has equity in, in Virgin. He didn't, he was not distracted at first. He was extremely focused at first. One thing to completion, finished all the way, right? So right now is your chance to focus in more on what you're already making money on. How could I take this up a notch? How could I add a zero to it? Can I get an unmute and a yes that we all commit collectively? We will be focused. Yes. 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 Woo! Oh, yes. Yeah. Yes, yes. See, the skills that you learn when you embrace focus are going to make you a stronger leader than going into the next thing. You're going to learn skills that you otherwise would not have learned. I'll give you an example on this. This is, this is a crazy example. I've never explained this before, but this is, these are the crazy thoughts that go through my head. So 
when we first started our company, our second year in business, we primarily depended on Google ads, Google advertisements on page one of Google to get leads from you know, attorneys who wanted to hire a marketing company. So we had these ads up, we bid on the keywords, lawyer marketing, lawyer PPC, lawyer SEO, et cetera. So we showed up on Google when lawyers were searching for a marketing company. We had ads up on page one of Google when a lawyer was searching for a marketing company. Our ads showed up, the lawyer would click the ad, they would then come through a landing page and then they would call us, right? And then we would turn that phone call into a signed client. And that was great. And that took us from, you know, four, 450 grand to 1.5 in, in one year. And it was working great and all this good stuff. But our profit margins as a company were like only 10% because of how expensive Google was. And I had all these thoughts at that point where I was like, oh my God, this is working so well. Google ads, we should go into dentists. We should, instead of lawyers, we should go pursue construction. We should do the same thing we're doing right now for a different vertical. And I pumped the brakes on that. And I said, you know what? No, 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 no. I'm not gonna go and get fragmented. Okay, I'm gonna learn Facebook ads. I'm gonna learn something I am not skilled at. I knew nothing about Facebook ads, nothing. So instead of complaining about it, instead of going into another vertical and saying, I'm just gonna take this Google ad strategy that we use on lawyers and apply it to another market, that would be milking out my current strengths, right? Instead of doing that, I said, no, no, no. I'm gonna stay focused on one thing, lawyers, with the agency, and then I'm gonna expand and get their attention through Facebook ads. Okay, well, how do I do that? I gotta learn webinars. Okay, so again, the things I was worried about became my agenda. The things I was worried about became my what? Go ahead, unmute, let me know. Became my what? Agenda. Okay, how do I do webinars? How do I, how do I manage ads? Also, the things that you're worried about are, are a who more than a you. They're more than a how. So I had to hire an experienced Facebook ads manager. Oh, I don't know how to manage the Facebook. Okay, great. I'm going to hire a full-time Facebook ads manager. How did I afford that? Well, because I was focused on one business enough to have the cash flow to hire that person because I was not fragmented. I want everyone to put this in the back of your head for the rest of your week, for the rest of the next few weeks. Every minute of focus will result in money in your bank account. Every minute of focus, minute, not two minutes, not 30, minute of focus will result in more money in your bank account. Right? So think about this for yourself. Think about this. Where am I losing focus? Where am I getting distracted? So in this story I'm explaining, like when we decided to master Facebook ads, I knew nothing about it, but I turned what I was worried about into my agenda and that added on, you know, $3 million in our business in one year, 
just from embracing Facebook ads and the sales model within the Facebook ads. And by the way, this is through COVID. Like this was through the year of COVID that we scaled that rapidly. Which brings us back to setting financial targets. I already knew what revenues I was gonna do through the year of COVID. So COVID did, was not a reason for defeat. It was a reason to get creative to reach the financial goal I already set before 2020 hit. Okay, I, my goal is to do four million. How can I use COVID to produce another three million or so in revenue? Okay, and then again, focus, focus, focus. Okay, we're gonna learn Facebook ads. We're gonna learn webinars. Everyone's on Zoom. Okay, the, I saw, I saw COVID as a literal gift from the webinar gods. Oh my God, everyone's gonna be on Zoom. This is my perfect time to learn webinars. Gosh, so grateful. Meanwhile, what all of my competitors did is they went, oh man, traditional sales outreach isn't working anymore. People are scared. And none of their businesses grew. Right? So again, we have to find a balance of embracing the things we're strong at, which should essentially be our platform commitment. Like, your look at your business as a platform commitment. You are committed if you run a business or you're within a business, your best bet is to double down on what you're already doing within the context of what you're doing. But then there are micro skills that need to be learned around that platform, whatever business you're in right now. There's these tentacles that surround your current platform that you're in. All these tentacles, right? Tentacle of learning the skill of Facebook ads, tentacle of learning the skill of webinars, tentacle of learning the skill of Google ads, tentacle of learning the skill of hiring, tentacle of learning the skill of firing. All these ancillary skills surround your one focus. What, when I'm talking about focus, I'm not saying focus, focus on your skills. Your skills, guys, I don't, and Brendan Burchard agrees with this concept, like the skills-based movement, like the whole strength finder thing, I call BS. I'm sorry. You can expand your skills. You can expand your strengths. You can expand your circle of competency. Never limit yourself based on your current competencies. If your mission calls for you to become a great public speaker, sorry, you got to learn the skill. Can someone unmute and say, I'll learn it, Bill? Learn it every day, Bill. Learn it, Bill. Okay. You don't I have to be, you don't have to be like Glenn. Okay, you don't have to be like Glenn. You don't have to be extremely charismatic and everyone is you know, you don't you have to be motivational. I, I know just as many people who've blown up on social media who are way more boring than people like Glenn and myself. Cuz they're just being themselves. They got past the fear and you're more relatable than Quite frankly, you're a lot more relatable than guys like Glenn and myself. If you're not as extroverted. So therefore, look at it like this. 
by not putting yourself out there on the internet and learning the skill of public speaking, you are harming other introverts out there that you could open up through your story. Ooh. Like think about the ethical cost of you not taking action on sharing your story online. You're being unethical. I'm smiling right now, just in case you guys know, like, I'm saying that tongue in cheek. You're being unethical because you're not giving your gifts out there to the marketplace so that people who are like you can be inspired by you. It's not about you. Okay. Emily, my wife was asking me for public speaking tips last night because uh, she has to do this presentation to our coaching group uh, today. And <laughs> she's so worried. What are they going to think when I talk? What are they going to think when I talk? You guys notice like when, when all of the amazing speakers, you come up on the Breakfast with Champions stage, none of us are uptight. You know, we're conversational. And that's because we're not thinking about ourselves when we're talking. And the advice I gave Emily is stop thinking. Don't, don't, think, about, don't think about yourself. The only thing that matters when you're trying to inspire an audience is them. They get the result. Every second you're thinking about yourself is a second taken away from thinking about who you're speaking to. So all social anxiety evaporates when you become you focused and not me focused. You become focused on how can I transform you? What's important to you? When I, I, I always, it was such a profound moment when I, when I had my one-on-one -on -one call with Brian Tracy like a few months ago. That's why I keep bringing it up. He was the most you-focused person I think I've ever met in my life. He literally, we were on Zoom, he looked at me in my eyes in the most calm, gentle, positive, loving way ever. And he goes, Bill, what's most important to you right now? How can I help you? And it was just like, oh my gosh, it was the most pure intention ever. So I'm long-windedly coming around this point of that, that is a tentacle. Public speaking is a tentacle of your platform, of your business, of the thing you're currently focused on. Like if there's honestly, if there's one skill to master as a tentacle, it's public speaking. It's speaking, it's communicating, it's selling. We all know this as entrepreneurs. Those of you who have broken the million dollar mark, all, every single entrepreneur would agree that the most important skill to learn to get past the million dollar mark is how to sell. Not how to market, how to sell. When you learn how to sell, that will give you excess capital to invest in marketing. Right? When you learn how to sell, that will give you the excess money that you can then reinvest in marketing. The faster you reinvest your winnings from learning sales in marketing, the faster your brand will expand. And what's really interesting is as you grow, you have to abandon parts of your identity. Like I was great at sales. I was number one sales rep at yellowpages.com out of thousands of employees. And I had to give up that skill because it didn't serve me any longer. You're going to have to give up a skill once you've mastered it. Now, 
this is where, again, it becomes them focused, not you focused, not myself focused. So now it's about helping someone else learn the skill that you mastered. That's what leadership is. It's a constant multiplication of efforts, multiplication of skills, right? That's another tentacle around your one focus, leadership skills. So we talked about what are these tentacles around your one focus? Learning maybe webinars, sales, marketing, leadership. I'm trying to make a distinguishment here between getting distracted and focusing on that one thing, but expanding your tentacles of skills around that one thing and not tolerating that I don't have the skill in this area. So I want everyone, okay, this, how, uh, we have um, 200 members now in our, in our lawyer coaching program, 330 clients across the board, and we had an 81% average annual growth rate, average annual growth rate in our program last year. 81% average annual growth rate. Statistically, the average law firm grows 5% year over year. Why do we have such a high growth rate with our clients? Uh, well, it's because we help lawyers focus. It's very simple. We help lawyers say no to distractions and set clear quarterly goals and then hold them accountable to those clear quarterly goals. So summing all this together, your family is in financial danger unless you have a crystal clear financial plan, are maniacally focused on one thing, and are expanding your skill set tentacles around that one thing instead of getting distracted. And then the bonus would be unless you also have tied this maniacal focus that you're going to exercise into extremely clear quarterly goals. Everyone around you has to know what the main thing is. Your job is to keep the main thing the main thing, but if people around you, and especially you don't know what the main thing is, you can't stay focused on the main thing. So that's all I got today, my friends. My honor to serve you. Um, my goal here, by the way, for the 217 who are here right now, is to help you make more money. I want you to double whatever money you're making. That's it, per year. I want you to double is anyone in on that, by the way? Can I get an unmute and a yes if you're in on that before I pass? Yes, 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 yes. Yes, let's go. Yes. yes. Thank you. All right. Well, then, like, let me know. Message me on Instagram. Like, if you actually are making progress and rolling out this stuff, let me know. Uh, that's all I got, guys. Thank you for joining us on Breakfast with Champions. If you want to catch the live version, you can follow us on Clubhouse and listen from 5 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time, Monday through Friday, Saturday 6 to noon, and Sundays with our 111 Sunday service. Make sure you're keeping up with Breakfast with Champions and getting yourself a seat at the table.